Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service. My beloved, uh, family members, uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 531, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true nonfiction story <clears throat> and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, we acknowledge that we are weak. We know that you are strong. We pray that you would grant us your energy from on high, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your blessed Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to understand it, to comprehend it, to love it more, to cherish it more, to obey it more, to apply it to our own hearts and lives more. And Lord, through it all, we pray that people would hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, sadly, Lord, in the church and outside of the church. For there are many who are inside of the church who are lost. Open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and Lord, save their souls, and uh, diminish the number of tares in the church by saving the tares. And Lord, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help them to hear the gospel clearly. And for those who are saved, Lord, revive us again. Restore us again, renew us again, fire us up again. And uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you will help us to love your holy word, to obey it, and to apply it to our lives, have it to change our lives. 
and uh, Lord, help us to proclaim the gospel that others may come to know your Savior. In Jesus Christ's name, and in a real sense, in Jesus Christ's name, I do pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord at Second Chronicles, yes, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, at Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Then said Solomon, the Lord hath said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. But I have built an house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel. And all of the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build an house in that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, for as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son, which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. The Lord therefore hath performed this word, or rather, the Lord therefore hath performed his word that he hath spoken 
For I am risen up in the room of David my father, and am set on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And in it have I put the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord, that he made with the children Israel. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you so much for allowing us the privilege to read your holy word. And no matter, Lord, once again, where we read your holy word, you meet us there in a very powerful way. I cannot explain it. Nobody else can. But there's no book like your book. And and there's no writing that reaches our soul, no matter how eloquent it is, uh, like your writing. And all I can say is that I stand in amazement, and I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor for all of it is due your name. Thank you, Lord, for putting a love in my heart for your holy word. And Lord, as you know, all of this uh, love in my heart for your holy word, preaching your holy word, uh, and uh, preaching many sermons, messages from your holy word, is not me. You did not find me there. You found me running away from church running away from a preacher dad and a preacher mom, running away from religion and uh, running after evil. So, Lord, uh, and then this thing about my fearing you, Lord, you know that's not me. You did that in my heart through chastising me. And uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor for doing all of that in my life. Uh, and I join your servant Spurgeon in saying, "Is all of your grace. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead. Service family members. This is Daniel White the third, President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House Family Devotional Reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. Uh, This is episode, if you will, number 138. Uh, We're at Psalm 15.4. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt 
and changes not. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. I just got through praying about that. We must be as honest in paying respect as in paying our bills. Honor to whom honor is due. To all good men we owe a debt of honor. And we have no right to hand over what is their due to vile persons who happen to be in high places. When base men are in office, it is our duty to respect the office. But we cannot so violate our consciences as to do otherwise than contemn the men And on the other hand, when true saints are in poverty and distress, we must sympathize with their afflictions and honor the men nonetheless. We may honor the roughest cabinet for the sake of the jewels, but we must not prize false gems because of their setting. A sinner in a gold chain and silken robes is no more to be compared with a saint in rags than a rush light in a silver candlestick with the sun behind a cloud go ahead spurgeon i can barely keep up with you glory be to god The proverb says that ugly women finely dressed are the uglier for it. And I may add to this, if you will, and if I can, people who do not shower and do not bathe themselves smell the worse when they put perfume on and they put Cologne on. How's that, Spurgeon? (laughs) Am I keeping up with you a little bit? And so, mean men in high estate are the more mean because of it. Go ahead, Spurgeon. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. Scriptural saints under the New Testament rule swear not at all. But their word is as good as an oath. Those men of God who think it right to swear are careful and prayerful, lest they should even seem to overshoot the mark. When engagements have been entered into which turn out to be unprofitable, the saints are men of honor still, Our blessed surety swore to his own hurt, but how gloriously he stood to his suretyship. What a comfort to us that he changeth not, and what an example to us 
to be scrupulously and precisely exact in fulfilling our covenants with others. The most far-seeing trader may enter into engagements which turn out to be serious losses, but whatsoever else he loses, if he keeps his honor, he loses whether his losses will be bearable. If that be lost, all is lost. Go ahead, Spurgeon, and amen. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for this magnificent ride, this magnificent time around your holy word with your servant, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He being dead yet speaketh, and we be blessed. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members. Here we are again in the family verses, for this is our family segment. And I have dubbed these verses the family verses, the commandments of God Almighty for people who are born again and saved by the grace of God for their family to work right. You do not obey these commandments in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 regarding your family. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what kind of house you live in. Uh, It is not going to work because your family will never be fulfilled and blessed by God. God created marriage and he gave the instructions for marriage. And these are not suggestions. These are not uh, little pieces of advice, little tools. No, no, no. You do them. Okay? That's what you do with commandments. You obey them. You don't discuss them. You obey them if you want life to go well for you. But it's up to you. Ephesians 6, 4. We are still there. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. Do both. God, in this passage, tells parents what not to do because he knew that there would be fathers and mothers who are evil as the devil, masquerading as Christians, and who will hurt their children. And God did not, let me tell you something about God, in case you don't know. Because they do some of you people don't know. I had to take a sip of water before I go off on some of you people. Uh, evidently, you don't know that God does not play when it comes down to the children that he blesses you with. I 
I've told husbands that you don't have to worry about your wife uh, getting on your case. You, and she should not do that. And you are, you are not to be bothered with that. Because you have somebody greater, far greater than your wife, who will get on your case and deal with you. Now, so you, you can act stupid if you want to and uh, do harm to your wife and hurt your wife and treat her mean and have side pieces on the side and girlfriends that you're committing adultery with and all of that. Uh, you're going to suffer the consequences, my friend. If you do that. So this is why I tell. Uh, uh, husbands. And I tell wives. Wives. Keep your mouth off of your husband. Don't you try to correct him. And rebuke him. And get angry at him. And get bitter at him. And mad at him. And talk back to him. You, 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 you Don't do that. You do your job. I know somebody who will take care of your husband. His name is God. His name is Jesus. And, and, and God has no problem dealing with your husband. No. You might be afraid of your husband, but he's not. Okay? So, uh, so, so you make sure you have faith in God. And the reason why some of you wives are constantly uh, nagging and... and, and Talking back to your husband, got a nasty attitude towards your husband, trying to control him and corral him and make him be what you want him to be and beat him down with your mouth and other little tools that you have is because you have, my darling, no faith in God. That's your problem. You have no faith in Jesus Christ. And so you try to replace God, and you try to replace uh, Jesus. You try to replace the Holy Spirit, and God has never told you to do that. Uh, Mama and them may have told you to do that. Your girlfriends may have told you to do that, and they're all wrong, and you're wrong. And God will just pull back and let you go ahead on and be his God if that's what you want to be. Try to be. And you're going to catch more trouble and more hell and more problems if you don't humble yourself and trust in God. God has a uh, line of authority, chain of command. You must line up under that chain of command and shut your mouth and do your job and be quiet and have a meek and quiet spirit and have faith in God. You say you're a Christian? Act like it and trust God to deal with your husband if he's out there running the streets or mistreating you in any way. Now, back to this. Same thing for parents. You hurt the children, God is going to get you. Do you hear me? So, right off the bat, God tells parents, and mainly the father, do not provoke your children to wrath. And it takes a lot for a parent to do that. You've got to be an evil, demonic-filled person to do that. My wife has tried to provoke 
our children to wrath and anger, but I stopped her. I, I was right here to stop her. Constantly poking, constantly trying to provoke something, creating uh, uh, scenarios that are not there, and and uh, and and my children down through the years have uh, asked the question: Why won't she just do what she's supposed to do? And you know what I said? I said to me, it's just stupid because I'm in charge here. She's not going to have a way. To me, it's better just to sit down somewhere and be quiet and, and, and stop provoking foolishness and stop doing things that don't make any sense. Because I'm in charge over her. And there are people, obviously, in the world who have this deep-seated resentment to their children, towards their children, this deep-seated uh, hatred towards their own children. I don't understand it other than the fact that it is demonic. And they provoke their children and get angry at their children and abuse their children and some even kill their children. And God does not want you to do that or to be that kind of parent. And if you are that kind of parent, you don't deserve to be a parent. And you need to remove yourself from those children or God will remove you. You know how uh, many people have provoked their children to wrath, to anger over the past probably 60, 50 to 70 years? Divorce. And remarriage with no grounds. You have broken your... Every time you do all of that demonic playing games with the children, using the children as pawns against your husband and or your wife or whatever the case might be, and you're divorcing and separating and all of that, you break your children's hearts in millions of pieces. And, that, and that's why so many children are damaged today. So many children are broken-hearted, depressed, defeated, sad, mad, wrathful, anger, uh, angry, out in the street robbing and killing and hurting other people because they're hurt. Hurt people hurt people. We have fathers who are not committed to the marriage. They got side pieces on the side. Sometimes the children see them. Sometimes the children don't. Then you have wives who want to use the children while they're young as pawns to get control over the marriage and over the man and, uh, and, and to control him and to manipulate him. Because she knows that he loves the children more than he loves her. And she can't stand it. And so she is calling herself ripping his heart out by taking the children and threatening to divorce. Millions of women have done this damnable foolishness. And they have ended up being the ones hurt more than even the husband or the children. But I assure you, 
she has done great damage in hurting the children, more than the man. And then you get this arrangement from the judge where, okay, husband, you get the children uh, two weekends a month, and the mother has them the rest of the days, or then some additional stuff. Well, husband, you get the children for half a summer, and she gets them for half a summer. In alternating years, she has them for Christmas, you have them for Christmas. All of that damnable foolishness right there, which is nowhere in the Bible, God has nothing to do with all of that foolishness. Nothing. Nothing. That's all man-made American way, damnable foolishness from hell. And I don't care if you like it. Every time you do that, you break your child's heart into pieces. So you know what I tell husbands? I, I, if, she, if she pulls her with a snut and uh, one, uh, runs her behind out into the street, talking about she want to get a divorce with, and, and dragging your children through that, I tell husbands, I tell you what, tell her to keep the children. We're not going to fight. Let's go ahead and get the divorce and you keep the children. That's going to blow her mind. And she'll be back in a hurry. Don't fight with her with the children. It's a Solomon situation. It's a Solomon judgment situation. You know who loves the children the most? You do, the husband. If, if he has the guts to say that and tell her, uh, explain it to the children. Uh, you, you let them come for one weekend. And uh, you explain everything to the children as to what you're doing. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. And you send the children back, letting them know that you love them and you miss them and everything, but uh, you tell them to tell mommy, then this, this is the last time that we are going to do this. And you can keep the children from now on. And she's going to get her attitude and mind straightened out real quick and and, 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 and try to communicate and, and, and come back uh, far quicker than what she would have otherwise because the other route is divorce. But she, she, she will not be able to stand those two, three, four, five, six children crying for their father and wanting to be with their father and they're mad and they're sad they're, they're wrathful and angry because of her foolishness in breaking up the marriage and the family and now they can't see their father you know who truly loves their children in that situation it is the parent who says you keep them I'm not going to be a part of your breaking these children's hearts every time we drop off and then we got to take them back and all of that foolishness. You people don't, you people do not love your children who do that. And I have no fear of successful contradiction. You don't love your children if you do that to them. You don't. You love yourself, you lying devil. You love that whore you're with. And you love that whoremonger that you're with. You love, you love Bo Peep and you love Sylvia. You don't love God, you don't love Jesus, and you don't love your children. You're a liar. Your feet ain't made, and your heart pumps peanut butter.
How about that? So God does not want you to do that. So don't do that. Do not provoke the, the children to wrath. Do not break their hearts where they are bitter towards you for the rest of their lives and your life. They don't want to have anything to do with you because they, they saw right through you what you were doing. And, and I said it today in a sermon I preached. I said it uh, earlier this week in another sermon I preached. And I'm going to say it again. I've said it hundreds of times uh, since I, uh, for over the past uh, 30-some odd years. You mothers especially, you better stop thinking your children are stupid. They're not. From from birth, they're not stupid, man. You understand me? Some of you fathers who have fallen into that, thinking your children are dumb, they don't have any understanding, they don't have any uh, uh, in, uh, intuition, they, don't, they can't discern things, that, that, that's dumb. They are human beings. They may be a little bit. They may be a baby. And, 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 and child and all this, but they understand what's going on and they can feel whether or not you love them they know whether or not you love them that's stupid to think that children don't understand what's happening very 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 stupid man and some of y'all think they're all up until they are uh, teenagers and that's not the case. At all. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But here's what God wants you to do instead. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do it the way God does you. God will bless you if you do well, if you obey Him. God will chastise you and rebuke you and take away your blessings if you do evil. Now that's how God wants you to raise them. Not in an angry way. God is not angry with us. But he, he, you may feel like it when he gets through with, you, uh, through with you because of the evil you did in his sight. He does that because he loves you. When you do well, He'll pat you on the back and reward you and bless you. When you do evil, he will chastise you and pat you on the butt. You see, but the problem now here's the problem with God's chastisement. You don't know when it's you don't know when it's going to start, and you don't know when it's going to end because God is very thorough. And he's gonna make sure you get it. And nobody can make sure you get it like God, my friend. He's very loving, and it will take him a while to get started. The wheels of God grind slow, but they grind show. And buddy, once you get a hold of you, <laughs> you're going to wish he had not done so. I can tell you that. Because he doesn't play. See? And if you have never experienced it, you're a bastard. You don't even know what's going on. You're not saved. You're lost and on your way to hell. Well, my friends, I have to go. I've already preached today, so I, won't, I don't have to go and preach. I do have to go and eat. And so, with that, my friends, let's pray for other people. Those uh, families that don't know the Lord and those families that do. Uh, 
Holy Father God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. And uh, Holy Father God, help people to take heed to your word and to your wisdom. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray. Pardon me, Lord. We pray for the salvation of those families that don't know you as Savior. We pray for the revival of those families that do. And we pray that they all will make a beeline to your holy and powerful word. And help them to tremble at your word and to obey it and to do it. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, for... Um, we pray, Lord, for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving all around the world. By your might and power, through your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the center of the universe, Jesus, you're so awesome that there are people, millions, who love you and would, would die for you. You're so awesome that there are people who try to use you and uh, because they know they need you. There are some, Lord, who abuse you and, uh, uh, and it is amazing how that still after the cross you're having to see all sides of the spectrum of the demonically driven human race and how they still tried to crucify you afresh. It's amazing how you take it all. Help us to be like you. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray <coughs> In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for all people who name the name of Christ to help us all to uh, seek your forgiveness for not obeying your great commandment or your great commission. for we do not have a good commitment to your word. And uh, save us all, revive us all again, and help us to at least obey these two great commandments <coughs> and do your will. And uh, Holy Father God, we also pray that you will help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love. We pray, Holy Father God, for the salvation 
of all of the people who are in the ministry of government, from the president on down around the world, to the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would uh, revive those who are saved in the ministry of government, cast the devil and the demons of hell out of everybody in government who has that problem. And we pray that you'll lead people to lead government by your holy word and by your will so that we can lead peaceful lives until you come. Let your will be done and not ours. Through it all and in it all. And Holy Father God, we uh, pray for all Christians who are being persecuted around the globe. Protect them, provide for them, grant them your grace for their trying hours and for their dying hours. And give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insight to get out of the bad situations that they're in. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ also. Lord, we pray again for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus uh, plague and from war and from inflation. Little babies are suffering today because their mothers chose not to breastfeed them. And now they're trying to find uh, some kind of man-made formula, and they can't find it. Babies are starving. Babies are getting sick because of this. So, Lord, comfort these people as only you can. Uh, Lord, we pray for the family and friends of Kentucky teacher Amanda Nutt. We pray for some of these people by name, Lord. We pray for the family and friends of Florida resident Tyrone Morland. <clears throat> we pray for the family and friends of Alabama church member Tress Payne. We pray for the family and friends of the fam uh, of Texas police officer Michelle Gaddy. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of these people, for the family and friends of Florida resident Lily May Dukes Morland, another family that has been hit multiple times with the coronavirus plague. We pray that you would comfort them as only you can. We pray that you will... Save the family members, and Lord be with them through this difficult time, which may last for years, it may last until the day they die. Lord, psychologists do not know anything about this as they claim grieving lasts oftentimes till the grave, it changes people uh, forever here. And Lord, we pray also for the people who have sent in prayer requests. We pray for the thousands who have done so down through the years, and we still pray for them. Uh, we pray for uh, your blessings upon them, salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings.
we pray, Lord, and we thank you for the privilege to pray for them by name and for their needs over the years, repeatedly, by your grace. And we praise you based upon your holy word, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. We praise you and thank you for thousands upon thousands of answers to prayer. Thank you for all of the people who come back every time they have a crisis or a need because they have learned praying together like this uh, works. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for Jillian. Please give her guidance, direction, purpose. Show her what her calling is. Give her wisdom, confidence, support, and new opportunities regarding lifestyle and all relationships. Protect her from spiritual attacks. Deliver her from unclean spirits and all curses. Help her to be closer connected to you. We pray for Jinyu. Please help him to do well in his interview and get the job that he needs. We pray for Cecil. Please rejuvenate his relationship with you. Renew his marriage. And Lord, we pray for the healing of all Christian marriages and families. And Lord God in heaven, we pray for the people who have uh, gotten saved by hearing the gospel preached through this pulpit and ministry. All around the world, Lord, I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how you did it. But somehow you arrested the hearts of thousands to hear the gospel and to be saved. To understand the gospel and to be saved. You did it for me. I don't know how you did it, Lord. And people, this is something, Lord, I really don't think anybody can um, dissect and um, put a formula together. This is something that is divine, totally divine, and, and the humans can't really search into it. It's just something, it's something that uh, happens that by your power. And Lord, sometimes I don't think we even know how to pray about it other than that you would do what you do. Where people truly get saved and uh, they change. And uh, you feel them with yourself. You feel them with your Holy Spirit. And they have your joy, and they have your peace, and they have this desire to serve you. Lord, I can't explain it, but your word uh, has, and we need to stick with your word. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for Tinga, we pray for Zeke, we pray for Jaro, we pray for uh, Abizabah, we pray for Nancy. Help them all to stand strong in the faith and to grow in the faith. And we pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to Christ. We pray for uh, Nanji, Yabala, Sigrai, Angel, and Wessel. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, 
Pray without ceasing. Read and meditate on the Word of God. Fill your heart and mind with prayer and the Word of God and obedience to the Word of God. And don't let anybody uh, get your goat. Don't let anybody steal your joy and your peace. God bless you, my friends. Until next time. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, these are the words of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, that means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten Son, God gave up his only begotten Son, to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our taking God's name in vain and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him the word whosoever means anybody at any time. The word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in him, Jesus Christ. Should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 13 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, whosoever, that, there's that word again, whosoever, anybody at any time, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be Saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. 
You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved, but believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart. Only you can do that. That Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven. I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner and I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I do, I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins past and to truly repent of my sins present and to turn from my evil life and to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled what to do after you enter through the door Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9 
uh, and this is what the book title is based on. I am the door, Jesus Christ said. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.